Well, my friends, today in our second reading from the first letter of St. Peter, we hear this line, which is very popular uh, and is a lot of the basis for the um, practice of apologetics, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. And that this is um, part and parcel of who we have to be as Catholics is that we are part of the mission of the church and that we can't just, well, I believe this. I'm not really going to explain it to you. I don't really care to explain it to you. I really can't explain it to you in a type of irrational way. Rather, we always have to be ready to give reason um, for the things that we believe uh, and reason for the hope that is in us. Uh, that, first of all, um, we should, first of all, we should have hope, right? We should actually, and this is a particular time in our world where having hope is important. And hope is not just mere optimism. And it's not so much um, a feeling. Um, hope is a real founded confidence in the person of Jesus Christ and that what he has revealed is applicable um, to me. That it's not just a historical message of salvation, but that applies to me as well. And it's more than just the feeling. Um, oh, I feel I'm loved by God. And so that must be um, why I can have hope. Like, to just compare hope to a feeling is like saying, well, I, I've jumped out of a plane and I have this backpack on my back. It feels like a parachute, so... I guess I'm feeling okay right now. Like, no, either it's a parachute that's going to stop you from hitting the ground really fast, or it's not. There's an objective hope in our Lord, and that we should radiate this hope, a supernatural optimism. We should radiate um, our confidence in the person of Jesus Christ. And therefore, people should ask us, right? Like, the whole thing with St. Peter is, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you. Unfortunately, I think a lot, of our, a lot of us live our lives as followers of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in such a way that no one would ask us um, because we, we want to fly under the radar. We don't live in a way where we are exuding the joy of the gospel and hope in the person of Jesus Christ. And so the problem is people don't feel any desire to ask us because of how we live. Um, and even more so, like St. Peter um, says here in this letter that keeping your conscience clear so that when you're maligned, those who defame your good conduct in Christ may themselves be put to shame. That the reality of scandal in our church, um, and scandal is the, the compounded sin. It's not just doing something wrong. That in, in and of itself is bad. Um, often horrendous, but then the compounded element of scandal that by those, particularly those who've been entrusted with the upbuilding of the church, particularly any sins committed by um, the clergy, by our uh, deacons, priests, and bishops, that compounded on top of that is an element of scandal, which is you're supposed to imitate Jesus Christ and you commit these horrendous actions. And, um, but then scandal could also be compounded on top of actions that aren't horrendous, but they're just not like, oh, you were just rude to me, but you're supposed to imitate Jesus Christ. And there's an element of scandal in that. Um, scandal is when those who 
are meant to preach the gospel, act in a way that um, they're rightly able to be accused of bad conduct. And then it's not just um, the clergy, but it's then all of us. We're all on mission. We all share in the universal call to holiness. And so therefore, if I, if I go to daily mass and then in the workplace, I'm mean to people or I'm impatient, I'm rude, I'm unjust in, uh, as an employer, if I'm unjust in my actions toward employees, um, that's scandalous. That that is not, there's an inconsistency between what I profess and how I act. Each and every one of us is called to live above reproach as followers of Jesus Christ. We have to always live totally above reproach. And St. Peter says, so that those who defame your good conduct may themselves be put to shame. That that's it. Those who would want to say um, whatever you're doing or you're, that's inconsistent with the gospel, that they themselves are put to shame by just the total inconsistency with the reality of who we are and any um, accusations of ill conduct there. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in you. Um, that we have to be able to give then reasons for our hope. That we are, our hope is founded on, in real theological truth. And that we have to be able to share this truth. We have to know it. Um, we have to study, each and every one of us, because we're all called to be on mission have to study the doctrine of the church. We have to know. If you don't have it, I know I've said it before. Go buy a copy of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You can't go buy one right now. Maybe on Wednesday you can. But you could order one on Amazon. Um, Get a copy of the Catechism and read it um, and study. We have to be able to give the reasons for our hope. Not just a shallow um, hope, but deep reasons. Doctrine. We need to know the doctrines, the teaching of our faith. And this is for all of us, that we're called all to be on mission. Um, And so it should be that a person could be well-educated in uh, law or public safety or medicine. But if that person is a Catholic, they should be equally well-educated in what does the church teach? We believe in one God, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That the Son uh, became man for our salvation, was crucified, died, rose from the dead. That we believe that he founded a church, which is known by its four marks, one holy, Catholic, and apostolic. We're all called to be part of that mission. We all have to be able to give that reason for our hope. Additionally, as we're called, and most importantly, as we're called to the task of evangelization, it's not just us. We have to do this groundwork. We have to... um, have these natural uh, reasons, uh, be able to give natural reasons. We have to study. We have to do the hard work. But ultimately, um, grace builds on nature, uh, and our Lord promises that he'll send us another advocate to be with us always, the spirit of truth. That the best thing we could do for evangelization, the best way we can give reason for our hope, is by being docile to the Holy Spirit. Um, Who is our advocate? I saw a, um, there was a, a meme or not a cartoon on Instagram I just saw yesterday um, that is, I'll paraphrase it, um, at the advice of my lawyer, I'm going to stop talking before I get myself into any more trouble, 
right? Uh, and maybe some of us have been in there. Like, you know, my lawyer says I should probably just stop talking right now. Um, but that, sometimes that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. The advocate, the lawyer, right? Who says, hey, this isn't the time to beat someone over the head with the catechism. Just listen to them. Listen to them. Hear what they have to say. Or say this one word. That's what you want to say. The advocate, the lawyer, the Holy Spirit, who leads us and guides us in evangelization, who we should always take the Holy Spirit's advice. It's a foolish person who goes against the advice of their lawyer in the natural world. It's a very foolish person who goes against the prompting of the advocate, the Holy Spirit, when it comes to supernatural realities. We need to always allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. The Spirit of Truth. That's as well how we share the reason of our hope, as St. Peter says, with gentleness and reverence. We shouldn't be known as people who just go out shouting people down, being bullies on social media, being those who are just going to, with a total lack of tact, uh, just go out and be right and put everyone else um, in a position where they feel stupid. Um, Win an argument, lose a soul is a maxim with regard to all this. Win an argument, lose a soul. The Holy Spirit teaches us how to give reason for our hope with gentleness, with reverence, to lead people along to see the truth. The Holy Spirit guides us in this way, remaining with us, teaching us. In just two short weeks, we're going to celebrate Pentecost, um, praying and celebrating uh, the infusion of the Holy Spirit in the life of the church, bringing the church to birth in a real way, um, and changing the apostles to be men of tremendous courage, but also reverence um, and patience. And so we should begin preparing now to celebrate Pentecost. This upcoming Thursday is Ascension Thursday, uh, and that then begins the time of Novena, uh, from the Ascension until Pentecost, praying for this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we should pray for a renewed outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a strength and docility um, to our advocate, our lawyer, um, to listen, uh, to pay attention, and to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. Always being able and willing uh, to give reasons for our hope. Ultimately, um, we see this beautiful relationship with the Holy Spirit and gentleness and reverence in Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, she's a model for all gentleness, all reverence. I can't possibly see Mary being... Um, a bully, or being afraid on the flip side, but rather probably with great gentleness, tenderness, motherly care, um, spreading uh, and always defending her son um, with great tact, being able to make explanation, knowing the faith well, knowing exactly um, the, the great story of which she is so much a part. So we should ask Our Lady, um, patroness of the new evangelization, to pray for us, to help us, Uh, to give us that motherly example so that we uh, may be ready to always give an explanation for the reason for our hope, a hope that lies in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.